0: The Tango Banter, episode number 50. Today, this week, is a special episode because The Tango Banter turns one year old. Kind of unbelievable that I've been doing this for a year and that I have managed to put out almost an episode every week. And uh, I get the question a lot whether I'm going to run out of ideas to talk about uh, on this podcast, and perhaps that might happen, but I don't feel like that's going to happen anytime soon. One of the reasons is that all of you, my dear listeners, have been contributing so much to the conversation about tango, about life, about the connection between the two. So. Please keep it coming, please continue the conversation. And especially for those of you who have said to me that you want to argue with me on some of the points that I'm making on this podcast, I want to say that I only welcome that because the more I am sharing my ideas and talking through some of the insights that I have gathered, I'm realizing I don't have the full picture. I don't know all the answers and some of what I've come to believe to be the correct things to do or to think, they might not be. And I am changing as I am recording this and I am uh, changing my ways of thinking based on my conversations with you. And one of the ways that you can participate in the conversation is by joining my private Facebook group where I conduct live chats on a weekly basis concerning topics uh, that perhaps I have not figured out fully and that require a group effort of uh, conversing and bantering to find our way uh, to a, uh, a place of understanding. So if you haven't joined my group, please do so. The link is below in the show notes. Now, For this episode, uh, my anniversary episode, I decided to tackle a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I teach and write about this and have been writing about this for a long time. And that is the relationship, the differences and similarities between leading and following. In Tango, when I first started, I was under assumption like many of you, that leading belongs to men, and following belongs to women. That is the prescribed roles that I was introduced to when I started Tango. And perhaps it is still the case that most of the time, people who might not know much about Tango, they would assume that leaders, people who lead, are men, and followers are women. Now, Recently, in the last decade or so, this has begun to change for many reasons, one of which is it's a reflection of what's happening in the consciousness of the global culture overall, in this place of history where we're at, where things are not so clearly defined anymore and things are shifting, roles are shifting in daily life Gender identity is shifting, and we're redefining a lot of these concepts for ourselves. And it is necessarily part of the process that it is not very comfortable, and our buttons are being pushed, and some of us are getting insecure, or maybe we're getting triggered because the ground is shifting, the target is moving, and the roles that we grew up with, that we have been taught to accommodate, to ascribe to people, are not necessarily as uh, well-defined and concrete as they used to be. And this is a big shift for everyone. And it's very much reflected in tango. So tango, as it continues, as it grows, as it evolves, necessarily experiences these shifts and for many of us we are confronted with these questions about who is supposed to be leading, who is supposed to be following, which one is the right role for you, which one is harder, which one is easier, which one should you choose, should you do both or should you do one of them? All of those questions are pretty relevant. So. I thought I would uh, banter about this today and invite you to contribute to the banter. Uh, you can always send me your thoughts and insights and questions either by email to connect at iamsochango.com or on social media at iamsotango. So, To get us started, uh, I want to share my own experience with the two roles because I started Tango in 2009 and at that point it was not even a question whether I was going to lead or follow. I started as a follower and back then leading seemed to me so difficult and so complicated. I remember my very first official Tango class where a somewhat of a beginner, maybe slightly intermediate leader, was being taught to do a move with me. I believe it was an ocho cortado. And there's this moment I have in my mind, in my memory, where I'm watching the teacher show this leader the particular steps and and the pattern of movements, and I'm looking at it as if it is absolutely the most mysterious, complicated thing I've ever witnessed. And when I experienced this for the first time, I automatically felt like, oh my God, this is so hard. There is no way that I could ever do this. And thank God I don't have to do this. Uh, And that pretty much was the case for many years. Anytime I took a class, and many of you will resonate with this, that anytime I took a class, it was very much that I'm just a follower and I'm waiting for the leader to learn the pattern and then my job is to follow the leader. And as long as I could respond in the moment and follow the leader, it didn't matter what the pattern was, it didn't matter the movement. So I would come away with a skill of following of what what, um, the leader initiated, but I had no conception, no understanding of what the pattern actually was. Similarly, for anything to do with musicality, dynamics, change in texture, or expression of the music, I was the passive receiver of information and expressing the leader's intent was my primary goal. And that was pretty much my role for a long time. Now, fast forward a few years when I started to actually learn to lead for different reasons, mostly because I needed the challenge. I was in a very small community and I was getting bored. So I wanted to stimulate my learning. And I started dabbling in leading, never intending to do it socially because it was still so daunting. And it was difficult and scary and hard in every way that uh, we might expect it was very confusing and the learning curve felt extremely steep compared to my following experience as a follower i progressed fairly quickly partially because i already had very good body mechanics and awareness from my experience with yoga and because I was musically inclined and I was uh, pretty connected to that part of myself. So following was not very difficult. I progressed within months and was able to dance fairly well with advanced dancers pretty quickly. But leading was a very different animal and not, I don't think because uh, leading is actually that much more complicated, but because there's so many more psychological hurdles to jump through. And these psychological hurdles in some ways are still there for people who decide to switch from following to leading. And those include the feeling of overwhelm that you have to decide what to do. And also the uh, challenge of expressing the music that you have to hear the music and actually direct what's going to happen. Navigational skills are very intimidating uh, and that probably is the biggest obstacle, I think, for new leaders, uh, burgeoning leaders who are learning uh, to transition into dancing socially. The fear of having to navigate uh, on the crowded social dance floor uh, is pretty big. And also the challenge of the capaceo game as a leader to have to initiate the ask to perhaps have to be rejected right off the bat uh, and not getting the dance all of those factors are very difficult to digest when you're not necessarily getting the uh, proper instruction or guidance from a teacher And for me, this transition was very bumpy and very difficult. However, once I got to the other side of it, which took some time and took a lot of uh, facing of lots of different fears and stepping out on a limb. But, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention and (laughs) probably necessity is the mother of everything. you know, when I get to a place where I was not getting enough dances and I was frustrated with that, my options were quit tango or start leading. And so that's why I started leading. Now, looking back on my experience now as a uh, fully formed uh, dual role dancer, and uh, I would say now I'm actually leaning more heavily into the leading realm. I lead probably a lot more, maybe even 90% of the time uh, at the Molonga. Uh, I have a different take on the whole journey. And as I assess what t- what it took for me to get where I am, it's pretty clear that it's not necessarily that leading itself is much harder than following. It is that our uh, education model for both roles are somewhat outdated and that makes it quite difficult uh, for people to feel okay to step into the leading. Now, if I were to tell you or ask you rather, which one is harder, riding a bike or driving a car? which one would you say? Now I know this metaphor analogy of using a vehicle to express tango might be a little cliche, maybe it's not that appropriate, but bear with me just for the sake of this uh, little point. Think about it. You might say that riding a bike is easier because it's more direct. You just have two wheels and your only challenge is learning to balance while you're moving And it might take very little time for you to learn to bike. Maybe it will take a few days, but eventually, once you get it, you're there and you're you have that skill for the rest of your life. And it's unless you start having to uh, learn different tricks on the bike and getting into that performance level of biking, you're pretty much done learning when you're having to drive a car, for example, it's a different experience. It might be easier in some ways. It's easier in terms of your physical effort. It's not as much physical effort to drive a car than it is to bike. Uh, But in order to drive a car, you you have to kind of go through a learning process. You have to understand all of the buttons and relationship between the different actions you do in the car. Think about learning to drive a stick shift, which Most of us these days don't have to anymore, but I remember driving a stick shift was on par with the fear of learning to lead. Uh, So complicated, so scary, especially if you don't get the proper balance between the clutch and the gas and you stall out in the middle of a highway with an 18-wheeler behind you. Done that. So there is a learning curve there and there's some uh, period where you feel like you're kind of in the dark but then once you're done, once you got it then you have this whole realm of possibility. You can go further than the bike, uh, you can fit more people inside so it allows you a lot more possibilities and so in some ways it's easier than riding a bike and in some ways it's harder. Now. With leading and following, for me, looking back, it's kind of a similar experience. When we're learning to follow only, and we step into the following role, we have one task and one task only, and that is to interpret what the leader is giving us, to interpret that instruction to the best of our ability, and later, as we develop and advance, to develop our tone, to express the music and convey and contribute to the conversation that the leader is starting. But that's pretty much it. When you're learning to lead, you have a lot more things you have to learn right at, right away. And it's not like you can learn just one thing at a time. You have to understand the uh, vocabulary and how to actually hold your posture and convey something through your body. You have to be able to execute this in a space with other people, so you have to navigate and then you have to listen to the music and actually express the uh, character and unique nature of the songs. So it's a tall order and necessarily so, it feels very, um, both exciting and terrifying perhaps. Now, in terms of the actual physical demand of these roles though, Think about it, which one is harder? As a leader, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, you are walking forward. You walk forward wearing, most of the time, flat shoes, and you might be turning some, right? But you're basically walking forward, doing a little bit of turning, and uh, that's about it, right? You might be also, you know, changing the tone of your body and you're expressing the music and you're thinking about your patterns and you're executing different uh, combinations of movements, which does require a certain level of skill. As a follower going in, number one, I remember myself, I had to learn to wear heels. I had no experience with heels at all. so. Enter this challenge of wearing heels, which is already physically much more demanding. You have to walk backwards in heels, which again is a quite sophisticated skill, especially for tango. And it takes quite a bit of stamina, coordination uh, and physical prowess to be able to do that. On top of that, most of the follower vocabulary demands that the follower is on one foot pivoting, doing different embellishments. And at the same time, you have to adapt to each leader differently because each leader has a different voice and a different character. And we as followers have to be receptive to that. And our skill, our, our level is very much dependent on our ability to adapt The more adaptable we are, the more successful we are on the dance floor, the more people will want to dance with us. So in my mind, looking back now and having been a leader for a number of years, I can say with confidence that in terms of the physical uh, exertion and physical mechanics, following is actually much more difficult than leading. Leading is difficult in certain ways as a learning curve when you first start, You have to accommodate a lot of these demands that are put on the leaders in terms of navigation and musicality. But as a follower, you actually have to do a lot of work physically to execute follower moves, to dance in heels, to be adaptable, to survive uncomfortable embraces, and to make it work. So when I was in Buenos Aires uh, during my second visit, I was there for about seven months or so. On my last day there, I ended up having uh, a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine. This was before I was leading, I was just sort of dabbling in it and kind of learning some of the, the movements in class. I was talking to a friend who said, You know, in a way, it doesn't really matter whether uh, you're leading uh, or following as a woman or a man, so you can be, it can be both men or both women in the partnership, but what's important is that one person embodies the masculine energy and the other person embodies the feminine energy. That is the definition of tango. It is the combination of two opposite energies. Now, I know that calling something masculine and feminine can be pretty limiting. And what do we really mean when we say masculine versus feminine? So I don't really care whether we call it masculine or feminine or yin versus yang or black versus white. Just the idea is that you create the relationship between opposites. That one person has to embody a stable, solid ground on which a more flowing, more uh, fluid energy can uh, move. So the leader is, by definition, supposed to be that stable, grounded structure in the dance around which a more flowy, flowy, and fluid energy of the follower can move. And as long as you have the contrast between the two, then you have what we call tango. If you don't have that, if you have two energies that are more structured and stable, you're not going to have much movement. And if you have two energies that are very flowy and flexible, then you're not going to have much structure. So, they say that it takes two to tango. And to me, that's what it means. You need both energies to combine together into a hole to make make tango. So to step into uh, the leading role, what is required? For those of you who might be interested in starting to lead, what do you have to do? You have to guide, you have to learn to direct, you have to establish yourself, you have to become the voice of the dance. And in order to follow, you have to become the receiver, you have to interpret, you have to be a more passive presence so that you can listen and you can hear. One really depends on the other. You have to have both. Otherwise, either both of you are talking or both of you are listening and nothing happens, right? So the big insight at this point in my development, and some of you might realize this already, is that at higher levels of dance, whether you're a leader or a follower, you have to understand the opposite in order to get better in your own role. So as a leader, the best leaders, and this is not just from my experience, I hear this from other followers, the best leaders are the ones who listen. They're the ones who can embody Somewhat, a presence of a follower energy. This is the kind of leader that creates a situation when uh, a woman or a follower who dances with them will say, "Oh, I don't know much, but I feel like I could do nothing wrong." I, w- I danced as if I knew what I was doing, but I really had no idea what it was I was doing, and that skill. A skillful leader will create an environment where a follower can feel totally free and totally embodied in that moment and not have that sense of like oh what am i doing that's a quality of a really good desired leader we really want to dance with dancers like that similarly though leaders say this about followers that the best followers are the ones who take initiative. They're the ones who speak up about the musicality that they're hearing, meaning through their movement, they choose to amplify or add and augment what the leader is doing. Most of the time, higher level leaders will say they don't wanna dance with the follower who just follows blindly, who doesn't do anything except following. They wanna dance with somebody who contributes to the conversation. Who has her own voice or their own voice. Now, of course, there's exceptions to the rule, and you'll hear some leaders who don't like that and they just want, you know, pure following. And there's some followers who just want leaders who will, you know, kind of plow through them and tell them what to do. And that's fine. There's all possibilities here. But on the whole, in general, today, in the world of tango that I am occupying, these are the sentiments that I'm hearing. And I myself have gotten this feedback a long time ago before I was leading uh, a lot. I was already a pretty good advanced follower and I was experiencing success on the dance floor. And I remember a, uh, a dancer, a professional dancer I was dancing with in the middle of the tanda says to me, You can start dancing anytime you want." And I was shocked. I was like, are you kidding me? What the hell do you think I'm doing right now? You think this is not dancing? I was so upset. And of course I never danced with him again and I was really insulted. However, his comment stuck with me because my question was, what does he mean if this is not dancing If I'm not dancing according to him, what is it that he's asking for? And it took me some time to understand what it is that he was saying. And he didn't do it in a way that uh, was kind. Uh, He wasn't cordial and diplomatic about it. He He used blunt force, I should say. But the point that he was making landed with me Uh, in a real way and I discovered what he really meant years later once I started leading a lot more. And what he was saying is that he wanted me to contribute to the conversation. He wanted me to be a bit more autonomous in my interpretation of the music and he wanted to uh, have someone to play with rather than have somebody just blindly follow. So this kind of conversation between leading and following is ongoing. And I always run into comments from both leaders and followers that put up a fight against learning the opposite role. So women, a lot of times will say, well, I'm in charge all day long. I'm a boss at my work and I don't want to be in charge. I just want to turn off my brain and I want it to be taken for a ride and I don't want to think. And men, on the other hand, will say, I don't want to be passive. I, you know, They might feel that being more feminine, being uh, more of a follower emasculates them in some way and makes them uh, lose some of their power and they become less powerful and they fear that. So both men and women uh, who talked to me about this put up these arguments and I think those are uh, really valid in certain ways. They're real fears. But I think at this point in history and in development of tango, they point to a, uh, a certain limitation, a certain limiting belief that we are carrying. And this is really the The core of what this banter is about is that if we approach uh, the roles in tango and express these fears, it really points to the reality that we're not necessarily embracing all parts of us because being masculine doesn't necessarily mean being in charge all the time. And being feminine doesn't necessarily mean to be passive all the time. And if you think of the yin and yang symbol, you have the black and the white and within each area, there's a small uh, circle of the opposite color. And that idea that even within the role of leading, that there is an energy of following and even within the role of following, there is an energy of leading. So. The deeper lesson here is that tango is about not just embracing the other person and learning to connect with another human being, but it is also about learning to embrace all parts of ourselves. And my insight is that when we learn the opposite role, when we learn to embody these opposite energies, we're actually learning to embrace different parts of ourselves. For women, I noticed in my teaching and sharing with women and guiding women into leadership roles in tango, it opens up a whole new possibility of expression and a very common fear that I hear from dancers that, oh, if women lead, that will make them follow worse, their following will get worse. But that is the opposite. The same for leading if leaders decide to learn to follow then it does not make them a worse leader it makes them a better leader because you get to feel it from the other side and 100 percent of the time followers who begin to learn to lead their following skills improve and i know this not just from the followers that i've taught and i've had conversations with them after they started leading socially, but I would have leaders come up to me randomly at Malangas and say, oh my gosh, what you're doing is amazing. I just danced with so-and-so and they're incredible. And they give me that feedback that they are enjoying the dancing skills more from followers who actually also know how to lead. So I think it's really important um to understand that both roles have uh, very challenging aspects and both roles are extremely empowering in their own ways. And ultimately, the evolution of our dance individually as well as collectively will benefit when both people, both leaders and followers know both roles and it actually creates quite, an amazing potential uh, when it comes to the dance and opens up a lot of different possibilities. The experience um, of learning to lead also taught me something else that's really interesting and I'm going to talk more about this um, phenomenon later, but I just want to touch upon it. When I had that conversation with my friend, about uh, the leading and following being uh, these yin and yang energies coming together. I came back to Portland and I decided to uh, focus on leading. And one of the things I thought, well, one of the amazing energies, one of the amazing aspects that I feel from leaders, from men in tango, is this feeling of central connection to the woman right? And we as women feel that to men. That's one of the things that we love. And that's what I hear from women sometimes as they say, I want to feel men. I want to feel that energy of masculine. And so I asked myself, what is it to feel masculine? What does that mean? And I thought, well, when you're a man, one of the things that you want is the woman's body you want to feel connected to the woman's body in a sensual way you want to be attracted to her and of course there's that uh you know chivalry and incredible presence of a clark gable kind of energy sweeping you up and taking you for a ride that energy the sexy sensual energy and i thought hmm that's interesting I'm not a lesbian, I'm not attracted to women, I'm attracted to men. But if I'm going to be leading, what does it mean for me to step into that? And is it possible for me to learn, to feel that, to feel that attraction to women for the sake of the dance? And when I came back, I was meditating on this a lot and sort of uh, experimenting internally And lo and behold, within a few months, I had this dance where I embraced the woman and I felt, I felt it. I felt myself be that man and I wanted to be in the embrace of that woman. And I was, I had that attraction. I suddenly was able to step into almost like an avatar of some kind and I could embrace the woman in such a way and feel that passion and feel that, oh, I want to embrace this person. I want to be connected to them in this sensual way. And it was just something that I felt turned on in me. And then it was there. And that continues to be part of my experience. And so for those of you who really believe that this experience of masculine versus feminine and being attracted to men or women is something that's really defined by your gender and that's something that's really uh, limited to your experience and your history. I am experiencing this phenomenon that it's actually quite fluid and you can actually allow yourself to step into something very different and have a flavor of something different. So when I dance as a leader, I have no problem of stepping into that role and really enjoying the woman that I'm dancing with and giving her that energy. I allow her to express her sensuality and feel her dynamic in that role. And when I am dancing as a follower, I switch and I become that more feminine energy, that more receptive energy. And for me in my dance, This has been such an incredible experience to do both and experience both on a regular basis and i really believe that that creates a wholeness that is quite special uh, for us in this time of history as we're having to redefine all of these uh, qualities both inside tango and in life and i definitely think and feel that what I experienced in tango in that dimension of being able to switch back and forth to go from being very uh, masculine and more aggressive to being more receptive and feminine, that has carried out into my daily life of how I relate to other people. So I hope that this banter plants some seeds for you to assess your own journey in tango and what is your next frontier. If you are a woman and you are uh, experiencing that shortage of dances and you want to uh, explore a different dimension, maybe you are getting a little bit bored, consider, consider learning to lead. Same for men. Perhaps you don't have an incentive because you do have a lot of Uh, followers available to you but maybe you do want to experience this other side. Maybe you are sort of ready to give up and allow yourself to be guided. And those of you who might be at your beginning journey, I want to encourage you to right away explore the opposite role because ultimately it is much easier to just start doing it from the beginning Uh, and explore both roles from the start rather than waiting until later to pick the opposite role. So I'm curious about your experience with leading and following and which one you feel is uh, more appropriate for you. Share with me on social media or email me. And uh, some of you might be heading to the Puerto Vallarta Tango Festival this week. I will be there DJing on Friday night uh, as DJ Miao Oneva. So please come up, give me a hug. I would love to connect with you in person if you're there. If not, I hope to cross paths with you another time. Have a great rest of your week and we'll chat soon. Ciao. (laughs) I <laughs> heard